This is episode 108 of Relate on the Future of Intimate Relationships with Bryony Cole. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real-life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew. And today we are talking about intimate relationships, really intimacy. What we talk about on the Relate podcast is about the importance of human relationships. And today we really dive into the nitty gritty of that, specifically talking about physical intimate relationships. In this episode, we specifically talk about a new industry out there called sex tech and the intersection of sexuality and technology, which is very interesting, something that I'm definitely not an expert on. And we have an amazing guest joining us to engage us in this discussion. Her name is Bryony Cole. And as the world's leading authority on sex tech, Bryony Cole is fascinated by the way technology permeates every corner of our lives, even the most intimate ones. Since launching the top-rated podcast Future of Sex, Bryony has been on stages across the world forecasting trends in the sex tech industry for governments, tech titans, and entertainment companies. Her incredible body of research, global sex tech hackathons, and annual Future of Sex report are considered the pinnacle of industry insights and innovation. She is also part of the New York-based Women of Sex Tech, a fast-growing community of entrepreneurs, developers, and thought leaders. Bryony has been featured on Netflix, Viceland, Technopia, Wired, TechCrunch, The New York Times, Playboy, Mashable, Motherboard, ABC, Financial Review, Forbes, and other global media. So she has been featured in a lot of places. Mashable praised Bryony's sex tech hackathons, saying that they are critical in these tenuous times of inequality. They stated that encouraging women-led innovation in sex tech is critical at a time when it's such a challenge for female entrepreneurs to secure funding in a still-stigmatized industry. These women work to create better opportunities for themselves and their peers, and the aim is also to encourage women-led tech in the industry's overlooked areas, which are education, pleasure, and improved communication. So this is definitely a conversation that we haven't yet had on this podcast and why I was very excited to have Bryony on the show. We talk a lot about the intersection between intimate relationships, sexuality with technology. Is tech enhancing intimacy or is it taking away from intimacy? This is something that we talk a lot about in this episode. We also talk about how there are people out there who are falling in love and marrying technology and what this means for our world moving forward. 
we talk about how we have the opportunity to use technology very creatively so long as it's not using us. We also discuss why it's so important to remember what makes us human, which is our imagination, creativity, and remembering what makes humans special and distinct from technology. Bryony also mentions how crucially important it is to listen, especially as technology continues to advance. So this is a very different episode that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you all. Let me know your thoughts. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Relate Podcast or send me a message, leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So without further ado, let me please introduce our guest, Bryony Cole. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Relate. Today's guest is Bryony Cole. Bryony, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to have you on this show because the work that you're doing is really, this isn't, you know, full transparency. This isn't a topic that I've talked about on my show yet. A lot of what we talk about on Relate is about the importance of human relationships, specifically in a day and age where technology is increasingly advancing and uh, really at a rapid pace and really starting to have a strong prevalence in the way that we live our lives. And I think that the work that you do, or I know that the work that you do with the future of sex really plays a large part in that. So I'm very excited that we have some time today to, to discuss your work and, and discuss your journey. Yeah, yeah, let's jump in. I think those two intersections of technology and sexuality uh, or relationships are, are so critical, especially right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing with our listeners, maybe just a little bit about yourself. What were you doing before your future of sex work and kind of what led you into into studying this topic? Sure. So I started Future of Sex around four years ago. Um, Prior to that, I was working in the tech space, but more in communications, I think, explaining technologies and how how they work to consumers or customers. So I'd been at the Department of Justice in Australia as a digital strategist. I'd then moved across to America and worked for Yammer, which subsequently got bought by Microsoft. And I was in the tech world um, with Microsoft and enterprise technology, and I really stumbled into this field of sex tech through doing my next project after Microsoft was designing Innovation Labs. So Innovation Lab for Absolute Vodka and looking at what does the future of nightlife look like? So how do people go out and and where's technology going to change that space? So I was working on this research project around the future of nightlife and how technology you know, would play a part in the future of nightlife, looking at virtual reality and really stumbled into sex tech through that, met some guys that were designing virtual reality scent releases and the craziest project they told me they were working on was a simulation where they would be in a hot tub with supermodels and this idea that, hey, we don't need to go out on Saturday night because we can just sit on the couch with our VR headsets and be in a hot tub with three supermodels. And that interview really was like shocking, horrifying, um, funny, like really that it brought to life this idea that, oh, these sci-fi fantasies and movies that we've had so, you know, 
since the 70s or earlier really could be possible in the near future and this idea that people are like, oh, well, I, you know, humans are replaceable. And I think that was the, the seed of the idea and I thought, no, I've got to investigate this further, which started the podcast Future of Sex, looking at these evolving worlds of sexuality and technology. And as I got into it, I realised, oh, my goodness, it's not that at all. In fact, it's not virtual girlfriends. Sex tech is is this $30 billion industry that no one's talking about because it's shameful, but actually isn't about, um, you know, robot girlfriends. It's much more about how technology touches the everyday person um, and their relationships and their identity with themselves. So everything from, you know, crime and violence reporting apps to, you know, teledildonics, which we're seeing quite a rise um, in in the moment, teledildonics being Wi-Fi or Bluetooth-enabled sex toys, to, you know, websites that allow you to learn your body more and this global problem we have of sex education. How could technology play a part in revolutionizing sex education? Wow. So there's de- definitely a lot to unpack within the sex tech industry. And to kind of go off of what you were just saying before, I, I think that uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Like a lot of people don't talk about this. And I think that it is important because it impacts our relationships to each other, our relationships to ourselves. Why, why do you believe talking about sex tech and the future of sex is, is so important? Yeah, I think it is. It comes back to that idea that um, sexuality and sex is normal and yet in society we treat it as something shameful or taboo to be embarrassed by. And so when we all know, like, this is a normal thing, this is how we all got here, Um, this is what we do in relationships, like, it really should be normalised but we have this, like, uh, you know, issue with it in, in culture dating back hundreds of years around talking about it. So for me, sex tech's a really great vehicle to be able to talk about this stuff in a way that almost makes people feel a bit more comfortable or, you know, the same can be said for putting future of in front of it. It almost removes the personal from it and strips it back from being uncomfortable to something we can look at with a new lens and go, oh, this is interesting. Isn't this fascinating how this is impacting um, our world because it's it's you know a bit more impersonal because it's technology, but at the heart of it, what we really are talking about is our sexuality and everything that falls under that. And our sexuality is how we move in the world. You know, it's how we go go about our day. It's things we don't think about um, that inform our identity. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I I think that when it, when it comes to technology, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. That like I'm I'm always trying to to figure out my relationship to t- technology, and I know that you talk a lot about into intimacy specifically, both with you know fellow humans and then with technology in terms of robots, AI, VR, you know, a wide variety, and you know more than that as you mm. you mentioned before. How do we determine exactly what is uh, like a healthy relationship with? technology when it comes to these things and and what is not it I, I at least from my standpoint as kind of like an outsider of this industry like it's it's a very gray area how, how do we make those distinctions in our lives yeah I think you're right I think we're still all figuring out the answer and it's calibrated to you know who we are and how we go about 
our daily life and where we live in the world. It's so subjective and it's, and it's so generational, right? Like kids today growing up will talk to me about losing their FaceTime virginity and that being, you know, kind of like a the way I would talk about, you know, my first kiss when I was 16. So times change so quickly. And um, and is that like, like FaceTime, it, like the app? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, you know, already in these generations coming up, and we see this anyway with the way kids use technology, they're so much more dexterous than the generation above them, is that it's so integrated into their daily lives that everything they do including each other, is, um, is you know, part of technology. It's almost invisible. And we, you know, I'm speaking for myself, really had this idea when I was growing up, you know, the internet came about when I was in high school, but this idea of the separation, like the second self, you know, that lived online. Um, and now very much today there's this pressure to be one and the same, um, you know, have this identity that lives on the internet that is also the same as your life if not a highlight reel but not so anonymous so yeah it does change what's a healthy relationship I think we keep we keep um changing what that is certainly in light of you know the crisis that's going on in 2020 with COVID everyone's changing their relationships to technology they've either realized uh, I, I don't like this zoom calls are draining me i you know, there's there's definitely been some studies to say that that it hasn't been a great thing, but also it's a connective tool when you're feeling isolated and um, anxious and disconnected from the world. Things like FaceTime and, you know, video calls are at least some sort of substitute. They're not a full replacement. Um, and I think we're I'm rambling here, but I think that the thing is it is constantly changing and in the context of sex tech, what we keep coming back to is, is this enhancing intimacy? You know, is this technology enhancing intimacy or is it taking it away? Is it enhancing intimacy or is it completely trying to replace, um, you know, the human um, intimacy and the sense of, you know, communication and connection that is so important in relationships? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's it really is this this question re regarding how how much we want to expose ourselves to technology and and how we use it and how we use it within our relationships as well. And I think I, I or at least I'd imagine in your work that you probably see a lot of positives that that are in the future of of sex. But in, in your research, are you ever concerned about humans growing attachment to technology and what it might mean for their romantic relationships? Uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah. I try <laughs> to maintain an optimistic view. And I think part of changing this narrative of like humans becoming, falling in love with their technology is inviting more diversity into the space and more innovation and, you know, not just concentrating the the ideas into the hands of few, I think then we're going to get outcomes that deal with like painful sex or, you know, assault reporting or, um, you know, they're, they're quite extreme examples, but just, you know, for different bodies, for people that, um, you know, are disabled or aren't fully abled, those sorts of things. So that's the way I tackle it. But you, you do see this and I can give you the example of gate box in Japan. Again, 
Um, I think people feel more comfortable talking about it when it's not on home soil. And so there's a tendency to other with this example, but um, I would say it's very much alive everywhere in the world. But Gatebox is a great example because we can measure it. So Gatebox is a virtual assistant um, out of Japan. You may have seen it already. If you Google YouTube, you can see the ads and it's marketed as a replacement girlfriend. It's a hologram um, girl. She looks like a teenage cartoon character girl. She you know, does everything that Alexa could do in your home or Google Home would in terms of, you know, turning the lights off, playing a podcast, regulating the temperature in your home. The difference is she also sends you emotional text messages when you're away from home saying, can't wait to see you. I miss you so much. It's going to be so great when you get back. Can't you get off work early? These sorts of things uh, that add that little bit of emotionality into or intimacy into that technology that, um, you know, is the real hook for having a relationship um, or that shared shared sense of emotionality and, um, you know, connection with something. So Gatebox in that way has been really clever in their marketing and also the product. And now, you know, last year they had over 3,700 human hologram marriages. Oh, um, my gosh. More. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> So yeah, so there are there there are examples out there of people falling in love and marrying technology, and then you know reflect it back to anyone that's listening about yeah I'm I'm not married to my technology, but thinking about the way we carry around our phones throughout the day, and they almost appear like an extended limb in some ways. We can't live without them more than we can't live without our partners. So there isn't element of that I think with our phones today of falling in love or feeling very attached at least to technology yeah the difference I think we all recognize is um that it's not a human yet you know it doesn't look like one it doesn't behave like one sometimes it's delayed or distorts so those sorts of things keep us from um fully embracing or marrying the technology perhaps Right. Yeah. It's so fascinating. When I, when I started, you know, doing this type of work or really talking about the importance of human relationships in the age of technology, uh, when I first started, I, I, I really came from the standpoint of like, oh no, you, you shouldn't be on your technology all the time for like these reasons and those reasons. And, you know, I had all this research to back it up. But then as I've have evolved in this discussion, I I've come to realize that it's, everyone has their own relationship to technology that's different. And so sometimes mm. for like myself, I, I feel like, oh, well, you know, who am I to say, you know, how you can handle your technology? And I, I don't know, maybe it's it's the same way for, for the work that you do as well, is that, you know, everyone is going to have their own different intimate relationship with technology. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any... Um anymore there's no going back right so it's like what what does the future look like together and it is so individual the way we use technology today is like so creative in fact and and the way where we play games with one another or do you know remote you know group hangs or experiment with things like it is very much like creating your own relationship and your own dynamics with it and figuring out like am I a slave to the technology or is the technology serving me I think is a good place to to start your reflections yeah I I couldn't agree more with you on that 
in in the work that you do with discussing sex tech, the future of sex, as, as you said before, a lot of times society will see this as a taboo subject. But what's been great is that I think you use this word uh, talking about sex tech is kind of like a, a vehicle to be able to talk about these things. Do you ever face any type of resistance when when discussing your work? And if if so, why do you think that resistance is there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a face all sorts of things when, when you start to talk about sex publicly, it brings up a lot of feelings for a lot of people. And I would start with, you know, my close family, you know, when you, when you start to bring those things up, and this is where we get all of our ideas, often education about the world, including our sexuality. So I think that was the biggest thing was facing that resistance from like a very close personal level because people were, in my family were scared about if I said something, would people attack me or, you know, um, not understand me because it is so shameful and so taboo. So I think there's been a variety of of experiences that I've had from really travelling the world talking about this stuff and the overwhelming feeling is people are um, fearful of what other people think but, moreover, the 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 question that seems to dominate um my dms or you know personal messages is am i normal you know people are obsessed with this idea of wondering if they're normal and i think because sexuality is so in the dark for so many people you know we don't talk about it we can't talk about it to anyone let alone the people we're intimate with people really struggle and um they're looking for guidance. And so regardless of the fact I'm not a therapist, psychologist or anything, I get a lot of messages, people wanting to know, are they the, the status quo? Are they normal for, for how they're feeling or what their relationships are like? And that sort of was such a surprise to me that um, that is ultimately what the scaredness, the, the, scared, the fear is about and the resistance is about just people feeling like they're not, they're not the same as everyone else because they really don't know. That's the, the overall thing. I think um, I get on a weekly basis. Well, and I think, uh, or I guess I would assume too, with, with your work, it, I, I think that to have someone who's talking about these things and to to be upfront and to really be to be vocal about the importance for you know the, the future of sex and really how it interlays with technology, I think people people see you as, as someone that they could go to because they're like, oh, here's here's someone who's talking openly and honestly about that. And so you know just just from a perspective of someone who, really believes in the importance of human relationships. I just, I really appreciate that a lot, you know, that to, to be able to do that, that, that actually leads me nicely into my next question. Just uh, on this topic, um, as technology is continuing to advance and play a large role in, in our personal lives, our, our sex lives, our professional lives, really just in our lives in general, how do you believe we can ensure that we remain deeply connected to ourselves and to our humanity as technology becomes more and more embedded into how we live our lives? I think the most important thing is remember what makes us human. And that's our creativity, our spontaneity, our 
mystery, our sense of mystery, our intuition, like all these things that we can talk about, like right brain, left brain, right side of the brain that makes us so human, maybe the left side less so, the algorithms and the rational logic that technology can kind of easily replicate. I think remembering what makes us human and coming back to that is a really good way to just like calm those anxieties about technology taking over the world, but also remember what's special about all of us and what we really do crave at a deeper, like visceral level is that human connection and that intimacy that we can share with others that really is a human connection. And it's very unlike technology. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that, that uh, it's, there's all there's only so much that you can gain from technology and and even through time there's a lot that we've been able to gain through technology but there are definitely certain aspects that we can only gain from from fellow humans as well and yeah I, I think it's it's important for all of us to keep that in mind and to kind of go back to what you said before I, I think it comes to using technology as as a tool as opposed to technology using us. Yeah, I would add one more thing and that when people talk about the future of sex, they really do think at the beginning that it's just about the physical act of sex. But when we're talking about sex and sexuality and everything that comes under that, you know, education and, you know, our identity and our safety, um, the future of sex or the intimacy about that and relationships is beyond physical like there's a mental emotional shared experience perhaps even spiritual dimension to all of this that is really important not only in the future of relationships but the future of sex it's things that make sex great right is that like a shared shared experience and the connection or the intellectual sparring that you might have with a partner before or after during um and that emotionality um you know, that, that that those true dimensions of intimacy all form the future of sex. And I think that's really important to come back to as well is we're not just talking about the physical act. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> there's so, so many good, very good <laughs> things to unpack here. I, I, I know uh, we only have a little bit of time left, but uh, so something else I wanted to bring up is uh, so specifically the role of of women in in the sex tech industry. I, I know that in in some of your talks and your research, you, you've talked about women really being at the forefront of this work, and you've talked about why this is important. Why do you believe that it is women that's at the forefront of this work, and and why is it important to make people aware of this? Yeah, I think the women of sex tech, which is a community that started in New York, really helped galvanize a lot more women over the last couple of years. I've seen hundreds of people, um, you know, I, uh, women uh, join the sex tech movement. And I think there's a couple of reasons there. I think, first of all, women's pleasure has always been such a mystery even to the women that experience it themselves and we're reaching a point now where it's okay to talk about pleasure whereas even in the last couple of decades we can sort of track back and look at sex in the city and you know there's an episode there with charlotte trying a toy and it's always hilarious or funny or strange um 50 shades of gray is another good sort of mainstream media example where women's pleasure is presented as something that's weird or strange rather than a 
empowering um, perspective. And that was the 90s and the aughts. And then we had, of course, a nice juxtaposition is the Me Too and Time's Up movement and those like political movements around women's bodies and um, assault reporting and how that manifests and and that's discussion about women's bodies. So I think now we've reached this point where we talk a lot about, um, you know, women in the ter- and their bodies and market towards women in the terms of sexual wellness. And I think so we've finally reached this point where, you know, sexual wellness is, is being bundled in as a trendy word in amongst like mental wellness and, you know, physical health and fitness and this wellness trend, which is great. It does a lot for the sex tech movement, I think. But these sorts of, I think if we have to look back at why women have entered the industry, I think we have to point to like sort of pop culture as well that's made it more acceptable has been a big part of this as well as this huge need for it because there's been nothing you know there's been no no studies on women's orgasm until 2016 or how they bring themselves to orgasm Um, and so those sorts of um, holes in the market white space were such a great opportunity and who could write the you know products and services for that market women Um, so I think that's that's what's happened and this community, this sense of community has really, you know, driven it a lot faster, um, power in numbers and, and um, also just having the spotlight on women in tech and that rise of like social media and entrepreneurship in the last decade too hasn't hurt it either. Yeah, it's it's inspiring too to see and to think about where where this can go as well. Uh, you know, from an outsider perspective and from, from like a, a male perspective as well. It's, it's I, I, you know, could only assume that it's just the beginning and that there's, there's so much uh, possibility, positive possibility down the line. So, uh, Bryony, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I, I really appreciate you not only taking the time to chat with me, but also I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I think that you're covering a topic that I think a lot of people shy away from and that it's uh, it's really important that we address the future of sex and what what it means to be intimate with each other as technology progresses, what it means for our relationships as well. And then also something that you really said that really stuck out to me is that when we're talking about sexuality, it's not just about the physical, but it's also uh, about the mental and the emotional as well. So uh, thank you so much for just providing so much insight, you know, for myself as well as for our listeners. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Pat, for for listening to me and hearing hearing those things this morning. I appreciate it. Where can our listeners find out more information about you and all the great work that you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Futureofsex.org is uh, the website. You can look at Future of Sex on Instagram um, or Bryony Cole, B-R-Y-O-N-Y-C-O-L-E, cole.co. I am also going to be uh, putting together a sex tech school for people who would like to enter the industry and are unsure where to start. And we'll be going through all of this stuff in a bit more detail. If anyone wants to join, they can they can find me on Twitter or Instagram and, and drop me an email and I'll, I'll put you in in the class. Great. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to all those websites and resources in our show notes. So listeners out there, just head on to the show notes. You'll be able to check them all out there. One last question for you, Bryony. 
how can we as a society better relate to one another? Mm, just listening. <laughs> Listening to to other people, I think, is is the beginning point for better relationships and better relating. Um, and I think that that expands out to a societal level, right? We do so much talking, but really, the art of listening is a great a great point to begin with if you want a better relationship. Great. Well, we'll leave our listeners with that then, Bryony. Thank you so much again. Okay. Thanks, Pat. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.